Hey everybody, Joe Evangelisti here from theflipking.com. I'm really excited about today's podcast episode. We're going to talk today about the five W's in life. We're talking about who, what, when, where, and why. It's a really deep episode. I get into a lot of detail on these uh, on these things, and I'm hoping that you have a pen and paper and you take notes. Um, it's going to be a lot of good knowledge in here. So check us out, theflipking.com, and here we go. Thanks for tuning into the Flip King Real Estate Radio. Whether a beginner or seasoned real estate vet, we are looking to help you grow your business and better your life with real-world deal examples, tools and tricks for your daily business, and good old-fashioned motivation to get you in the game. We're here to see your real estate business grow to fit your lifestyle, whether for straight cash or cash flow. Grab a pen and notebook and get ready to grow. It's the Flip King Real Estate Radio Show. Now, here's your host, Joe Evangelisti. Okay, everybody, welcome again to the, this week's episode of the Flip King Real Estate Radio. Um, this episode is definitely going to be one that you want to grab a pen, grab paper, and um, take yourself some deep notes. Um, I am going to cover a lot, hopefully in not too long of a period. Uh, keep this one about 20 or 25 minutes. But I'm really going to have you think. I want you to think about your business. I want you to think about your life. I want to think about your goals so let's just get right into it. Today's episode is going to be about the five W's. It's going to be who, what, when, where, and why. And this is one of those exercises that I like to reflect on my own business probably once a quarter. Um, it's definitely something when you're getting ready to take on a new venture that you want to spend some time taking notes on and really try to analyze. And, and I'm not I'm not one of those like hyper analytical guys like spreadsheets and stuff like that drive me crazy, but it's something I at least like to take notes on periodically when I'm trying to make a make a thought into a new venture or I'm trying to expand an existing venture. So, you know, whether that be my real estate uh, brokerage business, my investing business, uh, the wholesale business, whatever the case may be, uh, or even in my personal life, you know, these are the things that I try to think about and really try to analyze. So let's just jump right into who. So the who I think is very important, if not the most important thing that you should think about in your life. The who could be the team that you surround yourself with. Like in my business, I have um, my two assistants, my COO, uh, agents that are in my group, the wholesale managers, the uh, acquisitions managers that I have on the streets, partners, people that are part of my business. So you know, I like to think about surrounding myself with the proper team. Now, your team might be different depending on what type of business you, you want to do. Um, if you're in straight real estate sales and you're listening to this, then, then, you know, you might have a team of agents. You might have buyer's agents or listing agents or, you know, you may need an assistant yourself to help you grow your volume. If you're in some type of wholesale, wholesale business and, and that's all you do is wholesales, then you might have bird dogs on the street and that might be your team. You might have title company partners and, and attorney partners on your team. You know, so, so the concept of team and building that team around you it's hugely important, I think, in almost every business. I mean, they say no man is an island. I think it's very true. I mean, you know, you know that means you know you're going to be a lot more successful when you surround yourself with the right people instead of trying to go at it on your own. So, team and people you surround yourself with is super important. The other thing is the physical people that you want to day to day surround yourself with. Who are your friends? Who are the five people that you hang around with the most? And this is also it's uber important. And the more I think about it, and the more you know. 
success we get in our business, it happens to be uh, around who we spend our most time talking to and who we spend our most time physically with. You know, you start to become like the five people that you're around the most. So, you know, listen, sit back and take a second and, and write their names down. And then think to yourself, are these people that I want to become like? Now, I'm really lucky in the fact that some of my business partners, my one business partner has been my best friend since I was eight years old. And I, I look up to him in a lot of ways. I think he's a great guy. I, I, I want to emulate a lot of his, you know, his attributes. So I'm happy to spend time with him, grow businesses with him, and be more like him. You know, I spend a lot of time with my attorney, for example. I think he's a great guy. You know, so I want you to think about the five people that you spend your most time with. And do you want to be like those people? Is that someone that you could emulate or you would like to be like one day? Or even is there, are there attributes of that person that, that you can want to be like, you know, that you want to act like? Another thing could be your mastermind groups. I mean, I'm big on mastermind groups. I talk about that all the time. Um, I'm, I'm in mastermind groups. I have mastermind groups. I, I, I head mastermind groups. You know, we have calls at different times during the week. Each one would use usually an hour, an hour and a half call. And, you know, when you're on the call with someone or with a group of, of guys and girls that are either doing what you do or doing what you do better than you're doing it, or they're doing something different, but it's something that you could pull from in order to, you know, better your business. Like, for example, my mastermind group is, is a lot of real estate investors, but there are some, some members that are like, like super, super intense online marketing guys and funnel guys. You know, like I could learn from them. I know nothing about that kind of stuff, self-admittedly. I mean, I, I, I pay people to do those things, but I don't know very well how to actually physically do them or the connections for the people that know how to do them really well. You know, so that's a good fit. I can learn from him and I can get uh, good examples of how of how he thinks in as far as marketing and funnels go. That's just an example, but I mean you might have a mastermind group in your own business where someone else is doing something maybe very successfully but in a different industry and you can pull from that and you can kind of learn from that. So think about your mastermind groups or think about getting involved in a mastermind group if you're not in one already. And then the last category I have written down for who is is your coaches slash accountability partners slash mentors. If you don't have these people in your life already and you want to be really uber successful, I can guarantee it's going to hinder you. I had this conversation a lot with with realtors who are, you know, very successful in the business to a certain extent, or you know, in their own little world or their own little, um, let's say their their own uh, their own marketplace, they may be pretty successful. But you know, I know if they're doing forty or fifty or sixty transactions by themselves, that if they had a coach and a mentor and accountability partners built into their business on a weekly basis, they would double that. You know, it's a very easy way to double your business is to pay people to hold you accountable to do what you're supposed to do, because the problem with with humans, you know, in general is that, that we're just lazy people. I mean, we're, most of us are lazy, you know, it's hard to be self-motivated. And even the per even the people who are super self-motivated, like I consider myself really self-motivated, when I pay my coaches, I know it doubles my progress. It doubles the amount of effort that I put towards a project. It doubles the amount of time and focus that I put into my 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 team, my my employees, the the people that are around me. So I know specifically for myself, and I know for most super successful people you'll talk to, they have a, they have coaches, they have accountability partners, they have mentors, and they pay those people. And and I think that's probably one of the most important pieces is they pay them. You know, if you don't spend money on these people, you don't feel like you have the motivation to actually listen to what they have to say. You know, and it happens time and time again. I've seen it a ton of times in the industry. If you have a sales manager who's just barking at you, do this, do that, do this, do that, you're not going to listen to them as much as if you paid that sales manager. 
I mean, try paying that person thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, and see if you don't listen to every word that drips out of their mouth. I mean, I think that's a huge piece. And so that would be the who. Those would be the categories in the who, the what. So always ask, what are you focusing on, uh, and what level of thought are you in your business? Are you working on your business, or are you working in your business? So I always try to focus on what is it that I'm that I'm spending my time on. What is it that is driving me every day? What is it that is going to bring me to the next level? And, and I'm sure, again, on depending on what industry you're in, there's some there's some what for you that that's driving it. Is it is it a quarterly sales bonus? Is it you know is it not mon- is it not monetary at all? Maybe it's a, it's an actual physical thing, or maybe it's a vacation that you're driving towards. But what is your focus on? And then what level are you focusing on? Those are the two what's. You know, what level are you focusing on? Now, again, I spend a lot of time talking about this. Are you working on your business? Or are you working in your business? I try to focus more on, on my business. I started in my business, just like most people start in sales, you know, is focusing on, you know, what I have to do every day, like a job, making myself a to-do list and so forth. When you get to a certain level, you've got to start changing that focus to what is on your business. How do I create better systems that are going to help my employees implement a more effective workday that, that is in turn going to you know, um, help our bottom line grow? Right. That's that's working on your business. I mean, is it lead structure? Is it lead flow into the company? You know, can my people handle enough leads? Do they need more leads? You know, how do I push the button and, and turn that faucet on to create more leads for them? That's an on your business kind of thing. And in your business kind of thing would be how many people do I have to prospect today? You know, in order to service a certain amount of deals a quarter or a month or a week. Right. So start to focus on what level that you're at and what level that you're thinking about. Because CEOs don't think about how many leads they have to call that day, right? COOs, CEOs, CFOs, these are high-level people. They think about high-level things, which is how do I better the people that are working under me? And if you don't have people under you yet, I would still consider to think about that. You know, if you're, if you're new into something, still think about that next level, okay? So maybe you don't have an assistant yet, but focus on things like if I could pay an assistant, what would they do? One of the guys in my mastermind group really, really hit home a couple, uh, a couple months ago. He said something to me. He said, Joe, I used to focus on what was a $10 an hour activity. You know, when I, when I started, so start thinking about it, like, what would you pay a certain person? And then what level are you growing to? You know, so he would, he would be doing $10 an hour tasks as we all do when we start out. You know, we think about, you know, uh, the day to day operations, the to do list, like I just said, right? But then he would start focusing on, okay, if I want to make $100, I have to start getting rid of the $10 an hour tasks make $100 an hour, rather. I have to get rid of the $10 an hour tasks. So he would start putting a list of things that he does on a daily basis that are $10 an hour tasks. And then he got to the point where all those tasks were covered. He had employees to handle them. And then he started thinking, I got to start making $1,000 an hour decisions to pay for all these $10 an hour people, right? So he would start listing the $100 an hour tasks until he was able to either bring somebody up from underneath that he hired for 10 or bring somebody new in for $100 an hour to cover those tasks because he's on $1,000 an hour activities. And then the next increment, I mean, if you've, if you've read the Grant Cardone 10X strategy, which is a little bit different, this is, he, he talks about 10Xing your efforts, but it's kind of along the same way, like 10X your salary. So if you're a thousand dollar an hour person now, how do you get to ten thousand dollar an hour? What kind of decisions does a ten thousand dollar an hour earner make? And I know that blows your mind for some people, and it certainly you know it makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable. Like, but if somebody was paying you ten thousand dollars an hour, what kind of decisions would you have to make to make ten thousand dollars an hour? How many would you have to 
do to get to $100,000 an hour? You know, what kind of decisions would you be making at that level? So that's the what. That, and that's what I mean by level of thought. If you're getting paid $10 an hour, then you probably don't have people working for you. But if you're getting paid $10,000 an hour, you probably have a pretty significant team of people working for you. And what level would you be thinking when they, they become your employees? So that's the who and the what. Let's jump into the when. The when is a big, is a big one for me. The, the when is now. So whenever I'm thinking of taking action, you know, I have a saying that's, and that's not my saying, I didn't coin it, but somebody started it, which is ready, fire, aim, okay? And what that means is take action, do it now, and don't be afraid to fail because when you fail, you learn. So nobody really fails and, and, and can't bounce back. That's, that's not true. I mean, most super, super successful people, you're going you're gonna to hear a ton of stories about how they filed bankruptcy at one point in time, or they lost millions and millions of dollars, but they bounced back from it, right? So the when for me is taking action. When am I taking action? I'm working now. So if you're on the fence and you're thinking about taking action, in fact, I just wrote a guide about this on our blog at theflipking.com. You can check it out. It was like in the last, you know, probably in the last uh, 10 days or so. It's going to be an action taker's guide, which basically says get off the fence. Get off the fence and take action. If you're trying to get into real estate investing, go out there and put some offers in. If you're trying to get into real estate sales, go out there and knock on some doors. Call some expired listings. Take some kind of action. I don't care what it is. And in fact, that's the big secret. You know, everyone wants to know when they first get into business, how do I get started? You get started by getting started. You know, nobody wants to hear that because, you know, they feel like they're afraid to be rejected or they're afraid to talk to people or they're afraid they're going to screw up. Listen, everyone's afraid they're going to screw up. I'm afraid to this day that I'm going to screw up. You know, my mentors are afraid they're going to screw up. But what we learn over the course of time is that screwing up is a good thing. It, it might cause you a significant or, or a, a, a short-term loss at that particular time when you screwed up, but it's something that you're going to learn from and you're never going to do again. So, you know, are you taking $100? Are you making $100 mistakes, $1,000 mistakes, $10,000 mistakes, or $100,000 mistakes? I can tell you the people that are the wealthiest in the world make $100,000 mistakes all the time. You know, um, my mentor will tell you sometimes he spends six figures a month in marketing and it doesn't work, doesn't pan out. But he's gotten to that level who he, he can afford to take that, that, that learn, that loss, which inevitably becomes a learning experience and not do it again. Or do it a little bit differently or tweak it. You know, it's just a matter of inches when you get to, to a certain level between being super successful and, and being a failure. Most people that are super successful have failed a lot along the way. So the win in my book is always now. If I'm, if I'm ready to take action, I'm taking action now. There's no reason to wait. Your time is very, very limited on this earth, as we all know, without getting too deep, but it's also super unknown. You know, I'm 35 years old. I could die tomorrow. You could be listening to this podcast and die tomorrow. I could live another 50 years. I don't know. But the point is, your actions and your time are very, very limited. So the when should be now. And if you're making excuses for yourself as to why you're not successful, I don't know what to tell you. You're going to continue to do that forever. You're not going to be successful if you keep making excuses. Jump in and take action. On the flip side of that, for those that are super multitasking and have a million things going on and you feel like you can't get enough accomplished. And, and that person, you know, the when is for me, I've, I've had people give me this, um, this advice before and it really works. Slow down to speed up. And what that means is stop putting fires out constantly. Stop jumping back and responding to emails right away and answering every time, every time someone calls or texts you or leaves you a voicemail. This is crazy in sales. I mean, this is some big, what I'm about to tell you is huge advice in sales. And I hope that, again, I hope you're taking notes. I hope you have a pen or you re-listen to this episode. But slow down to speed up. 
Stop working on the little mundane to-do list chores. Start focusing solely on things that are going to affect your bottom line or your goals or whatever, you know, whether your goals are monetary or whether they're lifestyle driven or whatever it may be. Your activities in a given day should be focusing towards your goals. So for a lot of people, it's monetary. And let's be honest, the money buys you the things that you want, vacations and, and, and things that you want and betters your family. So it's going to be monetary, monetarily driven. Our goals are written in front of us in my office. All of my people have their goals written in front of them at any given time. And their activities need to drive them towards those transactions. So for like my salespeople, it's units. Okay. So think about it. Spending time on the phone with a, a client that you could be out showing properties to or trying to get sold is that is that is that spending time trying to drive towards your goals or should you be setting appointments with them where you can physically get to your goals you know is uh being the guy who's sitting in your office printing out postcards for your just listed and you spend four and a half hours to print a thousand postcards like is that actually getting you towards your goals or if you physically called those people would it happen quicker or if you knocked on their doors would it happen quicker or if you got in front of more listings would you get to your goals quicker so what's more focused? Where is your time best spent? So that's kind of where the slow down to speed up thing is. You're going to get more activity when you slow down and think about the activities that drive you towards your goals. And then the lastly I have for when, I have be present. Being present is something that took me a long time to learn. I'm still learning every day. I mean, trying to focus on being in the moment, being present, being present in front of people that you're talking to actually listening to them. You know, it's crazy. I have to do this with my assistant all the time. But, you know, when she comes in, you know, we go a mile a minute and it takes everything for me to focus on what she's actually saying so that we can grow faster, you know, because I'm giving her the correct answers. But I'm present in that situation. You should try to be present as much as possible. I think being present is super key with your family. Uh, You know, I have two young daughters and and what I find is I had this conversation the other day with one of my friends and, you know, we were talking about, he has a bunch of young daughters and it was like, you know, when you catch yourself, when your daughter comes up and says, daddy, daddy, I want to do this, I want to do that. And you're on your phone, like answering emails and you catch yourself telling your daughter, not yet, wait a minute. And then it's like, like a, like a wrecking ball hits you and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I just turned down my three-year-old daughter because I was trying to, you know, respond to some ridiculous email that really can wait until tomorrow. So that's being present. Now, the point is to try to catch yourself when you're doing those things and realize that the present moment is most important. You know, we don't work all this time and stress out all day long so that we can't get home and be present with our family. So be present with your family, be present with the people that you're actually dealing with at the time and try not to be all over the board. I can tell you right now, it's going to help your stress level when you put the phone down, stop answering the text, stop answering the email and do that that stuff in blocks, you know, go through your emails, spend 20 minutes once or twice a day doing that, but don't be in front of it all the time because you're going to not be present. You're going to miss things that are happening around you. So that's a big piece of the when. All right, the where, this is cool. Um, I like the where. I like the where because there's a lot of things that, that affect where, where you do business, um, what markets you're going to be in. Think about that when it comes to your business. I mean, there's a lot of guys and girls that are out there. If, if we're talking, uh, you know, if you're a real estate investor and you're listening to this, I mean, you got to choose your market, right? I mean, you could attack a gigantic area and not be able to accomplish anything because you, you, know, you set your target too large. Um, you could set your target too narrow. 
likewise and, 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 and maybe not get enough business because you're too narrow focused on one neighborhood or one town or one, you know, one geographic area. So really start to think about where is it that you want to have your market. Real estate investors is cool because you can really invest anywhere in the country, right? But is it something you want to do? So like there are a lot of guys and girls that are virtually investing in different markets um, and there's pros and cons for each one of those, those type of activities for either being local or virtual. And, you know, I'm not going to get into all the details of that, but really focus to, to, to decide if you want to be that type of person that wants to try to do it virtually or if you'd rather be hands-on. I'm the kind of guy where I actually like to be at my projects, you know. So for me, I'm not a virtual guy because I, I very much – I love the real estate aspect of like driving around seeing the properties that I own and going to construction sites and walking around. Like I enjoy that. So – where can also be like, what's your physical location at any given time for your business? So do you like being the person who's on site or do you like being the person who's sitting on a beach somewhere or drinking Mai Tais and thinking about, you know, or, or, or emailing or coordinating a deal in a, different, in a different zip code or a different area code or a different time zone? You know, if you want to be that person that's sitting on the beach, you can be that person. There's nothing against that. I don't know that I'll ever be that person, but things change. You know, right now I like the physical aspect of driving around in the weekends and going, oh, let me make a left here when I'm supposed to go straight because I'll zip by one of my properties that I bought five years ago. I physically like driving around and knowing that I own things. It's just, it's just for me, it's cool. Again, I have friends and mentors and I have people on, you know, in much higher levels than me that flip dozens and dozens of properties a month and they're not even in the physical location. Now, that doesn't mean because you're in the physical location that, that you have to be physically involved either. But think about the where. Think about what you want to do and think, think about physically where you want to be. And that could also mean on your day-to-day. Like for me, I'm in the office very rarely. I'm not as productive when I'm in the office. I'm more productive working out of a coffee shop on my laptop or actually I get a lot of my jobs, uh, my most productive time in when I'm driving, which is why a lot of people who've listened to this podcast for a while will, will attest to most of the time I'm recording the podcast, I'm in my car and it's, and it's, 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 uh, you know, the, the audio quality is not so hot. Um, I just happened to be in my office today. So I wanted to do a little recording while I had the opportunity, but you know, where is your physical location? Where do you like to be on a, on a daily basis? And what, area makes you most productive. Some people are most productive working out of their house. You know, some people in sales are most productive, you know, out of their house on a cell phone. And I did that for a long time too. I no longer productive in my house because now I have two little girls and my wife works from home and or she's staying home mom rather. And I can't get anything done at the house. So, you know, I'm better on the road. I'm better at coffee shops. I'm really great on vacation. Truthfully, anytime I go away, we close deals, which might be a testament to, uh, to myself. Maybe I should pay attention to that and go away more often. But, you know, where? So where's your market? Where do you want to work? Where do you want to physically be located? Where are you happiest? And that also can mean where you live. You know, I, I have this conversation with my wife a lot. We live in New Jersey. It gets really cold here in the winter, and I get miserable when it's cold out. Our family is here. My kids are in school, and that's why we are where we are. But ultimately, do I want to stay in New Jersey? I don't know. You know, I, I used to live in California for a time and I loved it there. And, you know, you know would I be more productive if I was, uh, you know, to wake up with, um, with a beach out my window and, and the ocean uh, and the waves crashing? I don't know. I could be. I know friends of mine, again, that, that, that live like that, live that lifestyle. A good friend of mine and my mentor lives in, uh, lives in Florida and goes to the beach every day and smokes a cigar. So 
that's his thing and 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 that's what makes him productive so think about your where and then you know this is the big one guys your why you know Everyone is going to have their own why. There's actually a book called Start With Why, which is a really great read. It's by uh, Simon Sinek, if you guys have uh, heard of him. He does a lot of TED Talks and stuff like that. Why is very, very important or why should be important? Um, I don't think a lot of people spend enough time thinking about their why. And their why, in a nutshell, is why you do everything that you do on a daily basis. It's going to connect all the where's, when's, what's, and who's. You know, it's going to be your end game, your goal. And to me, my goal is, is future generations. It's, it's for my kids. It's for my kids and my grandkids. Like, why do I get up in the morning every day? Guys, when you're super successful and you get to the point where you're making a lot of money and, and I'm not even there yet, but you know, I'm on my way, you know, you, you got to start thinking about the next level. Like you, there's, there's only so much money in the world. You can only spend so much money and money is infinite. It's everywhere, you know, but you have to start thinking about the next step, the next level. And that's your why. Why do you do what you do every day? For me, I do it for my kids. I do it for my grandkids eventually. I do it to eventually fund foundations that are going to live on past me and, you know, your legacy, right? So that's that's kind of like why I do what I do. It, it can be different for everybody. If you don't have kids, maybe it's nieces and nephews. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not your downline of generations at all. Maybe you just want to make a, a ton of money so you can retire early and you know, go live in Greece on a beach for the rest of your life. I don't know. But the point is everyone's why is different. And we have to start focusing day to day on our why because you need a bigger focus than just dollars and cents. So if you want to make 10 grand a month, great. If you want to make 100 grand a month, great. If you want to make a million a month, great. But I can tell you right now, you're not going to make a million dollars a month if you don't know why you want to make a million dollars. Nobody gets into the, to business just to make a ton of money. Because eventually the money doesn't do you any good. You know, if you don't have a focus to put it towards, you could have a gigantic checkbook. I mean, you could have $10 million in your checking account. If you have no reason for it to be there, then it doesn't do you any good. So is your why a travel thing? Do you want to, do you want to see the world? Do you want to, you know, help next generations? Do you want to build a legacy? Do you want to be selfish? I mean, listen, it's fine. Your, your reasoning is your reasoning. It's, it's different for every person. But actually fig- physically sit down and, and, and write what you think your why could be and focus on what that is. And then great marketing, great branding, which is why the, the Start With Why book becomes really cool, comes from focusing on what your customer's why could be. And again, without giving the book away, if it's a great read, I would definitely check it out. But you know, you need to physically know what your why is before you can be a great performer at any level that you're trying to achieve. And I think that that's a huge focus. So anyway, I hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got a lot out of it. I hope you took a lot of notes and I hope you re-listen. This is a, it's a lot of information to take in. And I think what I'm going to do in future episodes is actually interview a few people that I had uh, that have requested interviews uh, that are high-level performers in their own right. I think this is a good interview for them is to, ta- is to ask them about these five W's. So uh, I hope you took a lot out of this. Please visit us on theflipking.com and check us out on iTunes. Please leave comments. Let us know what you think about the episodes and uh, also comment about what you want to hear in future episodes. You can Click the link. You can uh, email me at joe at theflipking.com with your comments and uh, keep those awesome testimonials coming along. Um, had some great, I had a great email this morning actually from, um, from a local uh, friend of mine in the business that was really encouraging. Actually, I'll read that to you real quick because I just thought it was awesome. He said, Joe, I just wanted to drop you a quick email. I've been investing for about three years. I have four rental properties and we're doing our second flip. 
and second purchase using bank money. Uh, no money out of pocket, which is awesome. The info you provided to flipking.com is fantastic. I've been doing the podcast in succession, and I feel like I've been taking the slow and steady path to building this empire, which is, listen, this guy is actually taking a path, which is more than most people can say. Um, he's actually gotten things going, which is awesome. Granted, we do residential sales for cash flow, but the goal is to build an investment portfolio that completely funds my life. I just want to thank you for the additional insight as it's truly valuable. I'm confident just a few of the strategies you mentioned will be game changers going forward. If you ever have a minute to grab beer or coffee, let me know. I'm extremely passionate in a similar way and would love to talk game a bit with you. Definitely going to connect with this guy. He's in my local market. We've done deals in the past. I know he's super motivated. He's a broker himself. He owns his own, uh, his own, own company and uh, he's just a really great guy. So. You know, this this is the kind of insight that we get. These are the kind of emails we get, and I'm really stoked to share them with you. And I'm really stoked to share, uh, you know, whatever I am uh, capable of sharing as far as knowledge. And uh, love your feedback. So, anyway, guys, feel free to hit me up on the email. Feel free to hit me up on the blog. And until next week, get out there and take some action. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.